Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. I'm Tom Healy, and we're talking with Daniel of Changed, Season 9, Episode 20, air date of January 28th, 2018. Goes into the Shark Tank asking 250000 for 15% of the company. Now, what Change does is it takes your purchase. Say you purchased a pack of gum for $1.75. That 25 cents to round up to $2, it'll take it, put it into an account, separated, and then it'll eventually pay off your student loans. So it's basically taking your change, the rounded version, and helping you pay off your uh, student loans faster. And uh, the idea is that, you know, is that money accumulates, $100 payments every time it reaches $100 are made to whoever your student loan is with. And then there's a calculator to see how much faster you'll be able to pay it off. So at the time of airing, 9,000 downloads, 1,000 active users, they had sent about $20,000 to the um, to the, the loan uh, providers, and they thought they'd reach about 100,000 by the end of the year. Uh, at the time of, of airing, it was a dollar per month membership fee, and they said they had about 800 members. Uh, had borrowed 50,000 from friends and family, and otherwise had bootstrapped the company. Ends up getting a deal with Mark Cuban for 250000 for 25% of the company. So we're going to catch up with Daniel. We're going to talk about the business. Uh, it was a great conversation. Hope you enjoy it. And we'll see you afterwards for all the lessons we learned. Daniel, welcome to Outside the Tank. It's uh, great to have you here. Looking forward to uh, talking about your journey as a uh, entrepreneur and uh, what's happened in the, gosh, four plus years since airing, because I'm sure that there's a whole lot to fill us in on. I uh, always like to ask, uh, start at the beginning. You know, we see a little bit on TV, but where did the idea come from? What did it take to actually create a product that you could take to market? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Tom. I'm uh, excited to be here. Uh, founding story. So I really kind of this uh, business endeavor really started out of my own personal frustration of graduating college with about $70,000 in debt. Uh, but before that, I actually graduated high school, didn't think I was going to go to college, or at least didn't know exactly what I wanted to kind of accomplish in terms of my career or education. Um, so I started selling cars. I was in the car business at the age of 18. Uh, and that gave me a unique perspective at a young age in terms of helping people make large financial decisions and guiding them through that. Uh, then my brother, which is my co-founder, Nick, he also you know, is a big part of my life. We started businesses since we were younger, whether it was shoveling driveways or uh, starting landscaping throughout college. He started an e-commerce business after college and whatnot um, that we kind of both helped each other on and uh, but kind of fast forwarding through college, still selling cars full time, going to school full time, uh, figuring things out. I graduated, had a ton of debt, uh, realized that I built enough business in the car industry where I'm making more money compared to the average college graduate uh, with an entry level job. And it's kind of hard to take a leap into a new career field. Uh, when you have a thousand dollar student loan payment and every other life expense kind of coming at you. Um, so, you know, did my best, like any recent college grad would is, you know, 
set up a game plan, uh, start saving up money for my first place. Obviously, one of my goals is getting out of my parents' house as, as soon as possible, uh, as any recent graduate would probably, you know, consider. And uh, after about three years of, uh, after I graduated, I had enough money for a small down payment for my first house, thinking I was going to buy something I can fix up and sell and maybe get into, into real estate. You know, I even did all my, did everything I possibly could to get my credit up. So I applied for a mortgage, got approved. I thought I was making that next uh, adult decision in my life. And then before actually pulling the trigger on buying a home, I realized, well, if I buy this house and add a $2,000, dollars month mortgage on top of my student loans, on top of every other life expense, like, man, I'm going to be selling cars for a very long time because there's a lot of financial responsibilities. And, you know, it didn't take much for me to realize that student loans is kind of my largest hurdle to my next financial step. And realizing that a lot of my friends have student loans and none of us really talked about it. A lot of my family members had student loans. No one really had a game plan. Um, so, you know, after having that experience of realizing that no one's talking about it, dealing with customers in, in the car industry where, you know, people are dealing with student loans with all in all types of ages, all types of walks of life. Uh, and then realizing that most consumers kind of know what to do in terms of, you know, setting a good financial foundation. I mean, they don't have to be economists or, um, you know, financial gurus, but they have an idea of what to accomplish. Uh, but the hardest part was actually doing it, right? It's kind of like going to the gym. You know, you need to go to the gym, get your exercise, live a healthier life. But the hardest part is showing up at the gym, walking down that treadmill or running down that treadmill and continually, continuously doing it. Um, so, you know, I thought of an idea of, uh, of a platform that helps you save in small increments, which there are solutions out there in the market that do that. Um, there's also solutions that kind of helped you manage your debt, like the mints of the world and whatnot, but all of them, either they helped you save or they just told you your problems and maybe gave you some offers that helped you kind of maybe shift those problems on better terms, which is like refinancing or consolidating or whatnot. But none of them actually took the action to help you repay that debt. And for most consumers, people live in like this debt cycle in, in America, whether it's revolving credit card debt, mortgage debt, student loan debt, and it's really kind of affecting them. And also the experience uh, around debt repayment, it sucks. You log in, you see a large balance, you make a payment, you uh, see that shrink just a tad bit. Uh, and then you realize, hey, I'm going to have to do this for the next several, several years. And when it comes to student loans, it's, uh, you know, the average repayments anywhere from 15 to 20 years. So you graduate college at 22 years old, you're 40 when you're making your last student loan payment. Um, so it's, it's a struggle, right? Uh, and then kind of the next approach I came to my brother, which had some technical experience. I didn't have much technical experience. I had a lot of business development sales experience at that point uh, and had some experience starting businesses with my brother. So I came to him with this idea and he loved it. So, you know, weekend after weekend, we just got together, talked about it, drew it out. 
And then after like several months of doing that, you know, he finally said, Hey, uh, we can write and plan all we want, but nothing's going to happen unless we do. So that was kind of in the middle of me looking at buying a home. I decided to step away from doing that purchase. I took the down payment I had for my house and invested in all of that into starting changed. Um, so that's kind of like where it, it started. And that was, I think you said it on the show, but it was about 30 grand. Yeah, it's $30,000. And so did either of you have any experience building technology or do you have to hire someone to build this thing for you? Yeah, so my brother, Nick, he, he's kind of the, the middleman. He's got, he's got business and technology sense uh, in, some, you know, in good capacities. So he's had experience. He, he got himself involved in, in the tech scene around Chicago. I actually paid for one of his Ruby Rails classes earlier on just so he can kind of get more familiar. And I actually told him like, this is gonna be an investment into our future. So I, I spotted him the cash so he can, he can you know, learn some code, but he wasn't a coder himself. Uh, and one of, our, one of our next steps after planning is like, all right, we need to find uh, someone technical, so a technical co-founder. And we went on this website called cofounderlab.com. It's like a Tinder for founders. Uh, and I would say we're probably one of the 0.001% success stories off of that page. I hear a lot of brutal stories of people meeting people, but we met Mike, uh, which is now our CTO. And his slogan was like, I build MVPs, which is minimal viable product, right? I'm like, that's great. That's exactly what we need to see if we're, you know, see if we can build something that's relevant to consumers. So we messaged Mike. Uh, Mike met us at a Whole Foods cafeteria uh, in the city of Chicago. We just had a chat with him and he was, he was dealing with his student loan several years after college too. He's like, I get this problem. Uh, I love the idea. You know, I'm, I'm willing to, to, you know, kind of build this MVP for you. Uh, and he gave us a, you know, a crazy deal in hopes of becoming a partner of the company. And that's kind of what we had uh, in mind as well. That's kind of what we communicated with him. So uh, he gave us, you know, a, a great deal in terms of trying to build a, a, you know, a basic version of, of an app that helps you save and uh, repay debt. And, you know, when the original idea came, we're like, we can use this on all debts. Like we can, we can, you know, pay off credit cards, pay off mortgages, but, you know, learning through our experiences and, and kind of being in this and more and more involved in the tech scene. It's like, start with one key feature, start with one key uh, uh, solution. So like, we're like student loans is our problem. Student loans is a problem for 45 million Americans plus their families. Like this is a big enough problem to tackle now. And we really wanted to like figure out, all right, if we can figure out why debt repayment sucks for student loans and figure out that psychological component, we can duplicate that towards other, other debts. Um, but back to where Mike started, he, he built out the MVP. I, I, I found a, a elementary school friend that was a designer for Groupon at the time, um, help us build out our logo and kind of our first version of what change looked like. And we launched a beta in early 2017. And that 2017 was kind of like our beta year, but a lot of crazy things happened. Uh, we decided to launch our application into the app store instead of uh, a platform called TestFlight that Apple offers. 
Uh, and that's more, test flight is like a more private, you know, you send it to specific people, they get to test it. But we figured no one knows us. Uh, there's 5 million apps in the app store. Like no one's going to realize who we are or what we're doing. Well, we were wrong about that because about three months into our beta testing, Apple features us as one of the new apps they love. And this is actually like before the app store change. Like now, now it's kind of like more of a story mode. Uh, and they do highlight applications and whatnot, but this is like when icons were just there of the apps. And when you launch the app store, our logo, our app was like number one in the feed. Uh, and that kind of blew our system up. We're like on version, you know, version 0.01 uh, with our application. And it was very clunky at the time, but we took a lot of steps to, you know, make it functional, make it secure um, and kind of, you know, put that foot forward to have all those processes in place. And even though the, the, the app was very clunky at the time and we had a lot of traffic in the beginning, people were still emailing us saying, hey, I'm having an issue with this, or how do I, how do I sign up to this? Or how do I connect my loan here? Uh, what is this graph showing me? You know, like things we thought we knew all the answers to uh, with version you know, 0.01 uh, kind of came to real life. And one thing we kind of noticed is like, although people are having all of these issues with our platform today, they're still looking for a solution. They're, they're, they're going above and beyond to, to figure out how they can use our product. So like, all right, we're on the right path. Uh, and then in 2017, there was a lot of obviously building, but after that Apple feature, uh, we were featured on product hunt from you know, thousands of eyeballs uh, noticing what we're building. Uh, and then that led to uh, actually a producer from Shark Tank reaching out and emailing us. And a funny story there is actually my brother's birthday. We're having a beer. And next thing you know, we both get a notification. Hey, I'm a producer from Shark Tank. And we both look at each other. And it came from a Gmail address, which, oh. I mean, we can kind of go from go around that. But like, uh, like we thought like, this is, this is, this is BS, right? This is, this isn't, this isn't true. Right. You're being punked. Someone's, yeah. someone's messing with you. Yeah. We're being punked. Right. But you know, my brother wanted to respond right there. And then I'm like, you know, let's enjoy your birthday. Let's look at this tomorrow morning. But obviously we're doing research on who this person is. And it was a producer from Shark Tank. And, uh, we ended up just scheduling a call and, asking a bunch of questions and then they asked a bunch of questions and that's kind of where it started. Unbelievable. So, you know, cause what you showed up with on TV was pretty polished. I mean, at least it looked like it from the outside. So was that an early iteration of the product or did you make some pretty rapid improvements prior to recording that episode? Yeah. I mean, rapid improvements at that stage. Yes. Like everything's a rapid improvement. Like anything you do to improve that experience. I, I, I think by the time we aired, that was like version 1.2, right? Like we, we adjusted a lot of the, the user interface. We adjusted a lot of the backend processes. Uh, we did a lot of partnership building with all these student loan servicers to make, you know, to really guarantee everything is secure. The, you know, the, the funds we help people save are 
stored FDIC insured accounts, the payments we send, we can guarantee that they, they get there quickly and, and effectively. It's like, because I'm using the product myself, right? I'm, I'm trying to pay off my student loan. So like, I want, I want to use a product that I would, you know, feel comfortable using, especially since people are connecting their financial, you know, platform to our platform. And uh, you, at the time that you recorded the episode, you had about 800 members paying a dollar a month. Uh, walk us through what happens after you air. Is there, you know, I, I guess between the time you recorded and time you aired, what did, what changed, what did you improve so that you were ready for the onslaught following airing? And then what were those first couple of days like after you aired? Yeah. Um, the first couple of days, well, we, we aired like in, in the fall time of 2017 and it, it's, it's really a black hole. And I'm sure some of the other founders on this podcast have kind of told you the similar story. It's like, you don't know if you're going to get on stage. You don't know if you're going to get a deal. You don't know if your episode's going to air. And you're trying to kind of bank on all of those to, to you know, really uh, fulfill. So, because half, half of the deal is you airing to the public, which is, you know, like huge, a huge advertising, right, for your platform. So there's a lot of deals that don't make it to many of those steps. Um, but while we're in Shark Tank, like, we, we do like a, a pre preliminary pitch in front of all the executives, producers, lawyers, all that type of stuff. And we fumbled on our pitch a little bit and they kind of put you in a queue they try to fit as many companies as they can into this bucket because they're trying to film as, as many opportunities as they can. Obviously it's, it's, it's part of that show business. Um, but we got placed in like a middle bucket, which we're like, all right, we're, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it. Then as we're waiting to kind of get our cue to get on stage, uh, we see a later crowd show up of other entrepreneurs and they go before us. So, so now we're starting to sweat like, all right, maybe, maybe they're pushing us back until the last, last uh, company. Uh, but finally, after several hours of just waiting in a, in a parking lot with, tra with the, the, a trailer that they kind of give you to, you know, sit down and just sit there and wait, um, we, we had the opportunity to, to get into like the, the production area at which they, you know, mic you up uh, and you get to hear the other company pitch. And at that time, the company before us was getting bashed. They raised a couple of million dollars. They didn't have a live product. And we're like, great, we're going to walk into these sharks already, like, you know, hearing a bad story. Um, but we walk on that stage, uh, we pitched that conversation lasted about an hour and a half. Um, they obviously filmed it. It seemed like 15 minutes, uh, just because your adrenaline's pumping, you're just answering questions left and right. Um, and you know, we got out of there, uh, and we didn't know when that episode was going to air. Uh, then in January of 2018, they gave us a two week notice saying, Hey, you're going to air this date. Uh, you're, you know, feel free to mention it now. Uh, and that's when we aired and post the show. Uh, I would say we had about 3000 customers within like the first eight hours of it airing. And then it was like a trickle effect throughout that time period. So it was a big burst. I was pretty much working customer support almost 12 hours a day, answering questions and whatnot, because people were just 
of all walks of life for just reaching out saying, Hey, I love what you guys are doing. Hey, what, you know, how, how can this help me? Or, Hey, what does this feature do? Yeah, all types of things. So at that point, I just wanted to take that initiative to make sure we're capturing and you know, taking care of the, the customers that are, uh, that are checking us out. So what's going through your mind when you're sitting in the trailer? Cause I guess no one's, everyone we've interviewed probably experienced that, but no one's really mentioned it. So I want to ask you like, I mean, are you just like chugging coffee? Are you going through your pitch? Like, what are you doing? I feel like I'd be pacing back and forth, talking to myself and it bouncing off the walls. Yeah, uh, we were pacing, practicing, pitching. It's, I mean, the whole, the whole like uh, slogan in Hollywood's like, hurry up and wait. Uh, so you got to be ready, but you also have to wait until they're ready or the production crew is ready or whatnot. Um, but yeah, we did practice pitching. But even the day before that, when we were like at a hotel, uh, Nick and I would just take walks and just pitch each other consistently just to make sure we're, you know, flowing correctly. Um, and, but like once we got on, like throughout that period of sitting there, you also get to, they also introduce you to like a psychiatrist that's on, that's on the set and really the kind of there for moral support. Cause obviously people are really, you know, given their heart away on stage, given their blood, sweat, and tears of the companies that they've built. And if they get a no, or if they get bad feedback and, you know, considering that it might be on national TV, I mean, some people might have challenges with that, but I would say Nick and I are, you know, we're from Chicago. We have a lot of grit. Uh, we, we've been through tough times and we've, we've grown up through tough, uh, tough endeavors. Uh, and I think we were fine, but we, we had, I would say our episode was like a 50, 50. We were too early for a lot of the sharks. We were there like three months out of our beta tests with really very little like uh, kind of traction in, in, in that aspect or really progress made. So we came on that stage knowing we're selling our vision, right? And that's what we pitched and that's what we wanted to accomplish. And that's what we really did. So we, we got a couple of no's, we got a crazy offer from Rob. And then really, ideally, like we didn't care about any other shark besides Mark, because one, he's got a technology focus Two, he also has a very strong voice in student loans and debt in general. So that was kind of like our target shark. And all of the producers always mention like, if Mark's quiet while you're talking, that's usually a good sign. It's usually he's listening. And he didn't have a lot of questions earlier on, but then he kind of came in and dove in uh, and love what we were doing. And we landed a deal with him. And the deal went through? The deal went through. Mark's now reinvested it with, with us three times so far. We haven't raised a ton of money, but uh, we've raised some rounds. Like we're still very focused on bootstrapping as much as we possibly can. Uh, plus the development and, and, and identifying like where the market is going, things like that, that also takes time. So money's not solving all of your problems. It might relieve some of them but then you end up burning more cash. So we're still big believers of continuing to build the business with raising as little money as possible. Are you still on the dollar per month per member model or have you changed that? Uh, we have our base models, uh, base pricing models, $3 a month now. Three a month. Okay. So that's still how you generate um, money. As you've scaled what's been working well from a marketing standpoint? How do people find out about you and, and sign up? 
Yeah, so, I mean, obviously Shark Tank is uh, something that continuously pays dividends, uh, re-airs and whatnot, people watching the episodes later on, that always kind of brings uh, our numbers up in terms of newer customers, more downloads and all that. Um, so like the problem we're solving, there's a lot of political news. There's a lot of, uh, you know, personal like struggle, a lot of stories of people dealing with student loans. So we've been always featured as like one of the solutions that, hey, this can help you. So we've been in numerous uh, media sources like Forbes and USA Today and all that, that kind of highlights what changes. And this kind of even happened before uh, before our Shark Tank re-air is because a lot of the news is talking about politics, forgiveness, where student loans are going, how to fix the problem. Uh, but there aren't very many solutions. There's, there's, there's plenty of refinancing solutions, right? But that just shifts the problem. And for 90% of borrowers, that doesn't apply. They, they lose a lot of their benefits. Uh, they're not in a financial position to do that. Uh, so there's, there's, there's specific requirements to, to refinance your loans, such as like credit and income levels and whatnot. And like, we wanted to build a solution that doesn't matter what debt you have or how much you have, doesn't matter your credit score, it doesn't matter your income. If you have a, a loan we can help you with, if you have a bank account and you're willing to pay that down and you want to pay that down, like we can help you. So I, that's, it's an interesting point because what, what I jotted down, we do a post game where we talk about some of the lessons we, we learned. And, you know, I, I wrote down that you're, you're basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're kind of positioning yourself as an expert and almost a voice of the problem. And it, it, what I think is interesting is, yeah, you're right, politically very bit much a hot button issue. And again, tell me if I'm right or wrong, but the beauty of your position is you don't have to take any political stand. All you say is, hey, there's a problem. These people have this dark cloud over their head and we're helping them solve it. Yeah, I mean, I would say there's this dark cloud over their head and we're helping them solve it. Uh, there's a lot of different opinions out there in the market in terms of forgiving the debt uh, massively or changing uh, different types of uh, repayment plans. Uh, and like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm supportive of all of that in, in one way or another. But at the same time, if we just wiped all this debt away, we didn't really fix the root of the problem. So like, how do we plan for college? How do we, how do we make college more affordable? How do we put some responsibility on the universities that charge $60,000 a year? And yeah, raise it 10% a year without, and, and, yeah. don't feel bad about it. And you know, yeah. Yeah. We just, we had our developer just graduate with uh, his master's degree and every semester he kept saying like, he raised my tuition again, again, again. Right. And it, it, it's crazy. So, you know, Wiping the debt away, sure, that can bring some relief, but at the same time, that bubble is just going to continue to continue to grow uh, for you know consumers moving forward. So um, there's there's still a lot of issues there, but like we still see ourselves as if you if you want to really kind of tackle this debt, we're here to help you help you repay that. What does your team look like today? Yeah, so we're a team of twelve now. Uh, a lot of those recently hired uh, in the last six months. Uh, I think we were a team of like seven for a solid year and a half, but 
we have majority of those people are, are, are in the development space. Uh, then we have some customer support design uh, and then business development as well. Do you do most activities internally or are there certain things that you've outsourced and are happy that you outsource instead of hiring for? Um, I'm happy that we've done most of our development. I would say 99.9% .9 of our development in-house. Um, I, there's a lot of technology companies out there that outsource it. I hear a lot of horror stories, but it also, I hear success stories as well. Right. But the, the communication of having, you know, especially if you're in technology of having just someone there on a consistent basis, really kind of focused towards the mission and the goal of what you're trying to accomplish, things get done better and faster. Uh, I mean, it can be more expensive, but like that's just things you have to figure out, work around, negotiate with people, uh, lead the team, um, recruit recruit believers in your early days of what you're trying to accomplish um, and work towards that goal. Joe, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, I know you didn't go to college. Are you glad you did eight years of high school instead with these rising costs? Well, and fourth grade was the toughest six years of my life. So yes. <laughs> You've been quiet. I'm worried about you. What are you curious about? <laughs> Well, other, other ways to monetize what you're doing. I, I, I guess I'm curious about that. Um, it, what has been the thought process or creative process around other forms of, of monetization? Yeah, so, I mean, our, our subscription fee is our primary source of revenue. And that's what really kind of helps us drive the engine without being a company that sells your data just to earn revenue as a lot of consumers believe. I mean, and there's also consumers that are like, oh, you guys charge $3 a month. That's crazy for an application. But at the same time, when you sign up to, to Facebook or Instagram or really any of these applications that are free, your data is being sold somewhere else. And then you're, next thing you know, you're getting all these things in the mail, emails in your inbox. Uh, and you're getting consumed by third parties because you wanted to use something for free. So like, we're always big believers of charging for our platform and obviously a very, very affordable way. Um, but like, if people aren't willing to pay for your product, then it's not really providing value for, for them, right? Um, but other ways of monetization. So like, we don't do any lending. Uh, so we have like some partners that do consolidate that. Uh, that's more strategic and that's more of an option and kind of an accessory to what we really drive and what our core is there. Uh, we've also expanded our business into an enterprise platform because uh, uh, in the fintech space, at least, a lot of fintechs end up becoming a cool tool, then they turn into a bank or they offer a debit card. And I don't know how familiar you guys are with that, but that's just something we don't want to go down the path because there's like a hundred different what they call neo banks in the market now like the chimes of the world and whatnot um so we see ourselves as like the perfect tool that middle that the middleman of of a consumer with debt and a financial institution so we've we've integrated with a few digital partners recently uh in terms of offering our platform as a debt repayment tool within a mobile banking experience
Gotcha. So it be, it becomes integral to what they do and, and you're in the middle solving that problem for them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of consumers are going to third parties to get these solutions. And a lot of financial institutions like your typical banks and credit unions, they're so kind of stuck in their ways. Like I'm sure you've experienced, you know, taking out a mortgage or opening up a bank account. Realistically, all of those financial tools are commodities, in my opinion. A checking account, a mortgage, you can find that anywhere, right? So how do, how do financial institutions differentiate themselves? How do they provide relevant tools? And that's what fintechs are doing, but then they're turning into these banks, right? So we're providing that tool for the consumer to manage their debt, kind of a debt repayment hub within their own financial institution, so they can have the even more security with just direct relationship with their bank have that ability to save, have that ability to progress themselves into their next financial decision. Gotcha. We, we often ask that question, uh, uh, have you begun with the end in mind? And I know you and Nick are talented enough and intelligent enough to have thought through this. Uh, the two to five year plan, where, where do you see um, changed in two to five years from now? Yeah, uh, so right now we're in that transition point uh, so obviously student loans has been in the news lately with COVID payments have paused for 90% of borrowers. So like we hit the recession in, when it comes to student loans for the last few years. Yeah. And we really didn't know what, what to expect when COVID came and student loans were paused. You know, we thought it was going to be three months and three months turned into 12 months and 12 months turned into 24 months. And now we're here and it might even get extended again, but that being said, even when that happened, our retention rate increased. And I think the consumers that came to our platform are, are what we call our members on our platform were, okay, I'm gonna stop making my normal monthly payments, use this cash, but I'm still gonna utilize this change platform to make a dent in this time period during 0% interest, no payments are due to pay this balance down to pay the interest that accumulated over the, the course of the years. And we've had numerous hundreds of stories of people getting ahead of their debt during this period because they're utilizing our platform and they're sending you know, a couple dollars in segments towards their debt on a regular basis that they don't feel and that doesn't affect their budget. But that being said, two to five years, uh, we always envisioned a like a holistic debt repayment platform something you could really manage all of your debt and take action on and we're in the process of launching that uh within q3 of 2022 so in the two-year mark being a holistic debt repayment platform for consumers and then the five-year mark really kind of gaining market share within that within that space uh and becoming you know continuing to become a leader within that actionable debt repayment uh channel so if I understand correctly, I go on the platform. Currently, I'm choosing to pay off student loans, but fast forward a year, I can pay off a credit card. I can pay off any debt that I have, car payment. Yeah, a car payment, mortgage, auto loans, personal loans, things in collections. And like, imagine having all of your debt and all of your loans in one place and then automating how you repay that debt, which debt to focus on, and then after that one's paid off, going on to the next one without really having to lift a finger, right? Uh, and, so, in speed, I mean, you're almost like a a debt management debt back debt dashboard 
where I can see everything I owe, probably see the percentages. I could target the highest percentage thing first. I mean, it, it really, it's really the smart way to manage debt. Yeah, 100%. And that's kind of, that was the grand vision since day one, but there's always. But if you had to do it again, would you have still chosen the education student loan niche or would you have tried to do what you're building now? Uh, yeah, I still would choose student loans, even with this COVID kind of hit uh, with, uh, you know, payments pausing. Uh, the reason for that being is because student loans hold a special place in consumers' hearts. It's not like credit cards. You didn't go to Macy's or the grocery store and just keep swiping away and now you have thousands of dollars you need to pay off. You went to college to get a better job, to make more income, to really like live the dream, especially the, the dream of probably what your parents imagined, like go to school, go to school, go to school, like many, uh, I mean, many uh, parents that I know are always pushing their kids that way, is to, is to live a better life, right? And then you leave college, you have this debt, you have a negative, negative, really negative relationship with it. It's almost like, uh, you know, a, a, a bad boyfriend or girlfriend in the past of saying, okay, now I gotta, you know, I'm always thinking about this problem that's kind of following me in a way, right? Um, but also student loans is probably one of the more challenging markets because it's so federally regulated. So we've figured out the tough parts. When it comes to consumer lending, I think mortgage is probably the next toughest uh, lending vertical, but consumer debt in general, like that's very private market, banks, lenders, credit unions, all of those, they offer those types of loans. Um, so that space is a little bit more, I mean, still very heavily regulated, but when it comes to federal loans, like the government's really hard to work with. And we've, we've found ways to work with them and we found scalable ways to work with them. And I think that's kind of, that's helped us build the secret sauce in terms of our processes in the back end. But for those listening, there's two really important lessons there. First of all, just because you can solve every problem doesn't mean you, sh you should. So pick a specific niche. You chose student loans. You could have chose auto loans and you'd still probably be successful, but you know, you focused on one thing. And you also pick something that is very difficult, which means not everyone can just compete with you. So sometimes the, the harder road is, is far better from a, from a competitive advantage. Uh, I'm curious, your average user, what, what does this add up to on a monthly or annual basis in terms of what they're able to throw at the debt? Yeah, uh, so users on the platform are saving an average like 45 to north of a hundred dollars a month. Okay. Uh, and that's really based on if they're using roundups, if they're multiplying roundups, we have like scheduled savings, which we call boosts, all that kind of stuff. So it's not just, just okay. your spare change round. There's a lot of different ways to save on the platform. Um, so at really anywhere from about five, $600 to about $3,500 a month or a year, I'm sorry in additional payments towards the debt. And what, what, where the real impact is, and what I like to call return on payment, is that every dollar you give towards your debt is a guaranteed return in savings, right? Where you can invest a dollar into the market and maybe make 8%. Most, most of the people in the market tend to be losers because they usually buy a stock and then sell it too fast. Or a lot, I mean, a lot of the- Don't time the yeah. market right, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the younger generation- 
Yeah, a lot of the younger generation with crypto or the platforms like Robinhood, given the ability to really buy and sell easily. Uh, I mean, investing is kind of, you put those dollars in, let them stay there for several decades until you're ready to retire and then they grow, right? So where when it comes to debt repayment, every literally every single penny you apply towards that, you save time and money. And that's what we illustrate through our experience on a consistent basis of how much this 30 cents is gonna help you save today. So if we can make you feel good about your debt today, make you feel good about your debt tomorrow, make you feel good about your debt the next day, we start snowballing this into progress, into payments, into less debt, into really a better relationship with debt because most consumers are using debt as a need instead of a, instead of a tool. You, you look, you listen to all these investors or these people that are financially successful, they're, they're using loans, but to their advantage compared to a consumer where I need this car, I can't pay $30,000, I, I need to take this loan out. You know, it'll be interesting as you guys scale, I'm, I'm really curious uh, to, to watch the path because I'm thinking, you know, I was fortunate, mom paid for college, no student loans, but I'd like to have this for my mortgage and I'd like to boost it and say, hey, every time I use my stupid debit card to buy something, most of the time, something I don't need, you're not, you're not going to dock me the 45 cent roundup. I want you to dock me $2.45. Let's see what that does to my mortgage because there's your extra mortgage payment a year, which reduces your mortgage by what, seven years or whatever the stat is. Like there could be some really killer use cases, you know, outside of, and I'm, I know you've already thought of all this, but it, I, I think it's exciting. Yeah, I'm trying to implement like a lot of those creative ideas without making the application too complicated. <laughs> that's that's always the challenge, especially when you're considering all types of debt. But the impact is huge. I mean, uh, we're helping people on average save 30% in time and interest. And uh, when you consider the average loan and average repayment term, that's like four to five years of your life back without student loans. And that's roughly about $6,000 in interest costs on like an average of $40,000 loan. Well, think of someone, so think of someone that, you know, if you had been around longer, think of someone that was able to pay back their student loans in 2015, as opposed to 2022. And because they paid it back in 2015, they felt the confidence to buy a home. Well, what's the 2015 home worth in 2022? Oh, it's triple. Okay, so now you've created hundreds of thousands or maybe even a million dollars worth of you know, uh, net worth to that person because, you know, their pack of chewing gum contributed 45 cents to their student loan. It's just, it's wild to think about the impact you're having. It's, I mean, it's really, it's life-changing for people. I, I hope so. And uh, I, I definitely uh, feel very proud of what we've accomplished. And I hear it from our, our member base. It's, like, I, I never thought I'd be able to say it, but like we get people excited about making payments towards their debt. And like, it's, it's a celebration every time a payment gets sent out through our platform. And that's what we're trying to create. It's just that better relationship, better understanding. And uh, once you understand that, like financial success is like right around the corner, right? You, you, you know what you need to do. If you could go back to 2017 and tell yourself anything, what would it be? Um, every, everything takes longer than expected. <laughs> uh, you know, when, I mean, when I first started, like, 
you have the idea we're going to be a billion dollar company in 12 months, right? Or you at least have that drive to do that, right? But obviously it takes like building great technology takes a long time and takes a lot of thought, takes a lot of planning. Uh, building a great team takes a long time. And that's probably most important. And I'm super proud of our team. So like in terms of like growing fast and breaking things, I think those days are over, especially for technologies. I mean, recently in the news, a lot of tech companies are laying off a percentage of their workforce, which is, you know, not good to see, but that's because things are moving fast and they're trying to break things and hiring, you know, the wrong people for the wrong positions or for an opportunity that doesn't kind of, uh, you know, see fruition. What do you look for in a team member? Uh, someone that's real, uh, someone that's honest. Um, you don't need to be a Harvard graduate to work for us. It's like definitely one thing that I always see in the tech space. Everyone's coming from Harvard or Stanford or all these like really big Ivy League schools. And, um, you know, someone that's in the experience, like I, I like when I ask my uh, if people or our team in the interviews is like, all right, do you have student loans? How would you rate yourself one out of 10 when it comes to personal finances? Like, I just want to know, like, did, did, did you experience a struggle paying off debt? Because that's a driver in terms of what we're trying to accomplish. And that's most people. So I'm, I'm looking for real people that have experienced the pain and the, that are kind of realizing what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's, that's another big takeaway from this is, you know, from a development standpoint, it's not, hey, let's just go find a developer, but let's find someone that can really empathize with our target customer so that they're designing something they would actually use. Yep. I think a lot of times people, you know, developers, hey, I'm getting paid a lot and I'll go work here, but do they really understand the psyche of the user? Would they even be a user? And I'm sure oftentimes it just doesn't fit that way. Yeah, no, I, I mean, one of our advantages is that, you know, we didn't grow up rich. We realized uh, the, the struggles of, you know, debt and seeing our, our, our family struggle with debt. And that, that leads to the experience uh, we've, we provide today and trying to help that specific consumer, that specific person um, to, to, to look at it differently, right? Uh, last question for those that are listening, uh, where can they find the app? Where can they download it? Uh, anything else that you want to make them aware of? Yeah. Uh, go, go change.com is our website, but you could obviously find our, our app in the iOS and Android stores. Um, we're launching multi debts and there's a, there's a wait list on our website as well. If you guys want to get notified in terms of a specific debt and when that launches, uh, within the coming months here. Um, and other than that, you know, just check it out. Let us know what you think. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn if you want. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome story. Uh, love the success. You know, you guys just seem like such nice, gritty entrepreneurs and, and we love that and continued success. Uh, I'm going to sign up for your notifications right now. Cause I'm, I'm curious. I want to see it as it, it continues to grow and, uh, and, and download the app. So thank you for making the time. I know you guys are busy as hell and uh, we certainly appreciate the time and the wisdom. For sure. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Joe. All right. We're back and whew, there were a lot of lessons here. Uh, first of all, uh, 
I love entrepreneurs that bootstrap. He's a bootstrapper. So didn't go out and raise major funding and give up all of his equity. Uh, he's a bootstrapper, and I like that. Uh, found himself a, a CTO, which obviously uh, very important. If you're not the technical uh, founder or the technical type, find someone that is. If you are, then find someone that can do all that other stuff. But trying to be everything just sounds very, very consuming. Um, had a buddy that would do his graphics and his branding. And uh, again, just a, just a bootstrapper all around. Uh, one of the great lessons here was designing a product that you use. I, I think oftentimes, and I, I'm guilty of this too, we design businesses or ideas and that's like, well, would you do it? Would you listen to this podcast? Would you buy this product? Would you use this app? Would you pay this price for this uh, meal? If the answer is no or maybe or it's not an enthusiastic yes, maybe you're not on the right track. So use yourself as customer one. Would I buy this? Would I use it? Would I tell my friends about it? Would I pay this price for it? Um, Focusing on a niche, not everyone. So yes, initially he could have taken this and said, you can pay off your mortgage early, you can pay off your student loans early, you can pay off your uh, car loan, you can pay off credit, you can pay off everything. Well, who's this for? Oh, it's for everyone. Well, it just becomes so cumbersome. And it's like, do you really want to start out being everything to everyone? That's hard to tell that story. It's hard to find consumers that resonate with it. It's, it's just, it's almost too big. And so he focused with a niche and it was, let's go after student loans. Everyone hates student loans. Uh, a lot of people in this country have student loans. People want to pay them off. So let's just do that. And oh, by the way, we're creating an app. So we're going to probably skew towards younger people that would trust an app to do this stuff. Uh, not someone that's necessarily 65 years old. Um, I love the, the idea of like the media. Um, they can be a voice of the problem. So position yourself as an expert. So yes, there, there's going to be no shortage of media talking about student loan debt and how bad are student loan companies and are they ripping people off and should we be charging this much for higher education? There's no shortage of that. So then you be the voice of reason. You be the one to come in and go, I completely understand these loans are absurd and it's ridiculous that they're charging so much for higher education. We've got a solution. We've got a way to help people be able to pay this off quicker so they can buy that car, buy that house, start that family. That's powerful. And so that's, that's what he's done that I thought was great. Um, the other thing too, and this is a little in the weeds, but I like the fact that he brought the development of the app in-house. And the reason for that is it's a lot easier to pick up the phone or walk down the hallway and say, hey, we need to change this, we need to do this. So if you're creating an app and you have hundreds or thousands of users in it, you're gonna get a lot of feedback really, really quickly. So you need to be able to make those changes and keep getting incrementally better as quickly as possible. So uh, great entrepreneur, great story. Um, just learned a lot from this guy. And, and I, again, I, I really like what he's doing. And I think that it's going to be a major, major player for years to come. So uh, appreciated him being on. Great information. And we'll see you next week on an all-new episode of Outside the Tank.